preciousness of traditionalism where you have to have Can you explain us what are your feelings when you are entering here? I'm, for me, the Opéra Garnier is my favorite monument in, in all of Paris because there's something about this place being a petit rat de l'Opéra is yes. the dream. 3.55 Welcome to 3.55 Chanel's podcast at the Paris Opera. I am Anne Berest and I am a French writer. I am now at the Opéra Garnier which is humming with the launch of this new season. Chanel and dance go a long way. It all goes back to Gabrielle Chanel's modernity. Dance inspired her new notions of enhancing both body and movement and her idea of freedom. What does dancing mean today? What does the body say about our times? How does it express its modernity? I sat down with the choreographer, dancers, and actresses. 355. Good evening, Kate Mohan. Good evening. You are an actress and one of the muses of the new independent French cinema. You are the muse of Yann Gonzalez. You recently co-starred with Vanessa Baradi in Knife Plus Heart. Kate, I would like to start with this question. I think as a child you studied classical dance, did you? I did. Um, I would like to talk about that. What drew you to dance? I think that it's the thing that's the, the most natural to me. I, there's this story in my family that's kind of a classic that I don't remember, but my mother always talks about. And um, when I was three years old, I was watching a children's program I think it was Sesame Street or something. And Baryshnikov was performing. And I looked at the television and I said, I want to do that. Really? And so my mother said, I had just barely started walking and talking, that so I was either crazy or a genius. <laughs> so they, my family isn't necessarily artists and they, they let me start doing ballet because I, I asked just by seeing this image of him. And so he's always kind of remained this very mystical figure for me. And then when I was around nine, I grew up in a, a place called the Berkshires in Massachusetts, and I got to meet him because he was visiting a place called Jacob's Pillow where I studied in the summertime. And it was like God walking in the room, I think. <laughs> yes, you answered. What are your memories of modern or contemporary ballets? I think that there's something when you grow up in, in the United States and you're not in a big city that it's very classical what you what you learn and what you discover so um it was a, a dance school that had, was very influenced by joffrey by robert joffrey's style of teaching and his company which was based in new york in the beginning and i think ended in chicago but it, it was very um it was more of a, a unified kind of group study which is more neoclassical than classic like in the Russian style and um, and I think every little girl who does dance passes by not the Nutcracker and Swan Lake with the, the sugar plum fairy and always wanting to, to 
be Clara dancing as, with the prince. Um, and then little by little, of course, I discovered the, the choreography of, of Balanchine, which, of course, was something that was more touching to me. And Twyla Tharp was also somebody who I found very interesting, again, because I grew up in this place where I was lucky enough to have Jacob's Pillow. It's one of the very few dance institutes that's been historically placed in the United States. Um, and they did a lot with the community. So I got to kind of see these masters come and go in the summertime. And, and then when I got to New York, it kind of changed because I, I started really discovering modern dance and postmodern dance with the Judson, Judson Street Church and Yvonne Rainier and, and, and these kind of very experimental thinkers who, I mean, of course, I didn't see them directly for a long time. I had to go to Lincoln Center and see videos, which isn't quite the same when you're seeing dance live. But um, I think that... I don't know if you would call it neoclassical, but I think one of my biggest shocks was seeing a Pina Bausch piece for the first time. Because for me, it was like these things from my childhood, this really disciplined, beautiful dancing, because there's still something amazing about seeing a ballet troupe walk on stage with their tutus and these point shoes. And, and something very sexy about it, too but that doesn't quite also push the limits sometimes in, in, in your thinking when you're a teenager. And all of a sudden there was this woman merging theater and dance and, and ballet and feelings. And I just, I, I was blown away that this actually existed. Now in your life, do you like to dance or would you rather watch other people dance or both? Definitely both. Um, could you uh, describe your emotions linked to dance? Um, what are your feelings when you dance? What are the, your feelings also when you watch other dancers? I think that because I started with dance, there's something in every movement, in, even in daily gestures, that have some sort of resonance to both dance and to feeling. And so there's really something connected for me in my body now, as even as an actor, there's something that kind of feels like dancing when you're really connecting with a acting partner and doing something together because there's kind of a collective movement in the listening. And I think that that's what I love in watching other people dance, watching these bodies on stage because there's this sort of pure listening that can happen and it just sort of even just saying it because I'm thinking of people I've seen dance it makes me have a mm. chicken skin we say it in English it's not very lovely but <laughs> how does the notion of dance fit into your your work um, would you say that as a given time you have used a sense of dance as part of your art I think that dance is integrated in everything I do with with my work. I don't think that there's a part of my brain that I separate from the way my body moves and the way that I'm feeling or the way that I'm speaking. There's something that's very natural in the body. Your body is connected to your mind so much. I mean, we can even see it when when we're sad. There's like a certain way that, I don't know, I, I have a certain way that my foot turns when I am upset and I can, if I feel that, then I know... 
I need to stop doing that or I might cry or something. And it's actually my body who tells me that's something that when... I think that it comes from doing dance for so long because there's something that's very in tuned with your body. You go through many years of being in pain also because it's such a very big discipline. And so you get to know when it's like a really bad pain, like a broken toe or when it's just that you're tired and and also how to push through that and to kind of read yourself and release things like physical pain. And so that also can connect you more to emotional pain as well. And so everything kind of builds its its own pyramid together. Creativity. An actress, especially on stage, uh, must know her body perfectly. Um, just like a dancer has to convey emotions. So, uh, as you said, they actually have a lot in common. Um, I think that dance can have a, a radical influence uh, on other arts. I think you too, in, 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 in the way you, you play. And um, I just wanted to, to say that when Gabrielle Chanel saw the performance of Stravinsky's uh, Rite of Spring in Diaghilev's Ballet Russe, this piece of avant-garde will play a um, decisive role in her life. Have you experimented something similar with a piece of heart? I mean, there's, I think there's been so, so many things, you know, and as, as you go step by step, I think that dance has played a very big part in it. It's, I think it's probably the medium I enjoy the most mm. going to watch. Um, and in, in other people's work or in my own work? In your which, own work. Um, Yes, I mean, I actually had the opportunity to dance the Rite of Spring myself. It was the last official Amazing. dance piece that was I just a pure know. dance piece. I it was know. in 2013 for the 100-year wow. anniversary. And it was the with the um, Philadelphia Philharmonic. And the maestro was um, this amazing... He's like a genius. He's like 32 and he's running the Philadelphia Philharmonic. He's from the Montréal Philharmonic before. His name is... To kill his name, Yannick Negasagan, Seguin. And when you see him conduct the Philharmonic, it's like watching someone dance. It okay. was so powerful. And this is one of my favorite pieces. So wow. I'm terribly jealous of Gabrielle <laughs> Chanel that she got to see the first piece ever because I think that seeing something like that must. I mean, yes, it must change your life completely. You must walk in different skin after something like that. And For me, obviously the choreographer wasn't at the auteur of the original, but the conductor was. And we were actually on a little stage, a, a little like um, like train stage, like a very narrow area, right in front of the Philharmonic. So we were on the same stage. And to listen to that piece, which is one of my favorites, on the stage with the musicians, because the acoustics in the Philharmonic are gorgeous, but never get the opportunity to be on the stage with them and it was it made me want to cry during the the dancing and we were doing I mean it was kind of very simple you know back, back and forth kind of catch and fall rolling and there was just this kind of the music rolling over us it, it, it was it was absolutely amazing and I feel like I don't know if it changed me 
the dance that I was doing, but it definitely changed me the experience of being so lucky to be able to have heard it like that. And by this conductor who played it so closely to, if I could get a little glimpse of maybe the magic of seeing these musicians taken by the music, but also fighting to keep up with it because it's a hard piece to play, you know, especially if you're playing it the way it was originally done because it's actually quite fast compared to a lot of recordings. Yes, can you just explain for the listeners why this, this piece was so revolutionary in, in, in his time? I mean, I, I think it's, it's when you bring something to an audience in exactly the way that you would hope it would be, which is not to be provocative, just to be provocative, to make people angry, but to make people react because they don't know what they're seeing for the first time and it makes them think and respond and I always think that I love doing doing theater and one of the reasons is because there's an exchange between the audience and the the performers on stage and that when you're in a piece that's that strong you can really feel this this movement between the two and when something is 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 so new that the brain is wants to say no I don't I can't accept this. I want to just sit back and I don't know if I mean if there was television, you know, it would just be this kind of like passive passive listening, passive watching. And I think that that was why because when you listen to it it's beautiful. It was just different and that's uh that's what I I I I think resonated with people so much. Would you say that there is enough dancing in our daily lives? I guess that depends on the day. I mean, I was I was just uh, in the United States and right now it's not very doesn't dance very much over there right now. But I was at my sister's house and she has a a little girl. She's almost two and she's so she's just learning her body and her movement. And she was just spinning on herself until she would make herself fall. And instead of being scared by that, she would just break out into hysterical laughter and then stand back up and do it again. And my sister would look at her and she's like, I hate when she does that because she, you know, it, make, it makes her nervous to think like, what's wrong with her? And I was like, are you kidding? Have you not done that? And how long? Do it now. Mm. It's so much fun. That's mm. why she's doing it. And so it was just sort of funny to be in the middle of my sister's kitchen, the three of us turning on ourselves to, to be dizzy. And for me, that in and of itself is a moment of dance yes. in daily life. So we kind of have to take them where we can these days, I think. When do you get a sense of freedom within your body? I think it kind of, it either takes me over in a moment when I least expect it, if I'm walking down the street and there's all of a sudden this I don't know, beautiful sunset and all of a sudden it's, it's breath I think that makes you feel f or makes me feel free in my body there's something that gives you a respiration and oh, suddenly you can just feel their fingertips and your toes and there's something that's just kind of the blood is moving through you and you know of course being in a in a piece then all of a sudden it's going really well that day that's also a moment when you kind of feel this this release And then, of course, there's also the days when you kind of have to force yourself to feel free by, like, going to a class or going for a run or just something to feel more in your body because everything is kind of closing in. I can feel when I'm, when I'm starting to shut off from other people or from myself. It's, it plays a lot on my muscles and to kind of just get them moving can also kind of change my, my thought process. What is your relationship with your body? Is it like an instrument? Do you love it? When does it surprise you? 
Um, I do consider my body an instrument. I think that comes from starting dance at such a young age because you're really kind of, you're taught a lot of discipline, but you're also kind of taught that this is like a thing that works. And so you have to keep it tuned and you have to keep it the way it's supposed to be. And sometimes you can be very disassociated from it because there's always something that's not quite kicking high enough or being tight enough or something isn't going the way that you want it to or the way I want it to. Um, I think that there are days when I I love it, especially when it does something I want it to do when I really think I'm not going to, like riding a horse this afternoon. <laughs> But um, And then there are other days when I just think, Ugh, I'm just staying in this bed and nobody's going to see this body ever again. <laughs> Which one is stronger, brain or body? Thought or movement? I mean, the brain is such a fascinating muscle and it's a muscle just like the rest of the body. So I think that it's impossible to separate the two. Creativity. I just have now a, a little questionnaire. Okay. I love um, that. <laughs> If you were a part of your body, which one would it be? I didn't expect that to be the question. <laughs> uh, my initial reaction, which is kind of sinister, is whatever part hurts the most that day. Because I think that yes. that's sort of what you focus yes, on. Yes. So I guess that's... Like right now, mm -hmm. it's it's definitely my the, my inner thighs because I was riding a horse <laughs> all afternoon. So that is a part of my body I am right now. <laughs> Another weird question. Um, if you were another body than yours, whose would it be? I would love to be a panther's body. <laughs> Should you be a gesture, a move, which one? It's going to be so random because I'm going to say something and then tomorrow I'm going to be like, no, that would be my gesture of who mm -hmm. represents me. It would just be slowly rising my right hand starting with my pinky and then slowly bringing all of the fingers up just in that gesture. I don't know why, but that's why the image uh, came into I think it's a, a, a good move for you. <laughs> You're right. Which dancer would you like to play in a movie? It, it can be a lot of kind of dancer. I mean, if I could play anybody, I would love to play Bob Fosse in a movie. Yes, of course. Why? Because he was the mind of all that jazz. And I love, I still love this film. And I watched it endlessly when I was a teenager. And I just think there's everything in it. I mean, when you're 14 and angsty, there's just something in that film that got me. And... And I mean, he was just cool and badass. I think it would just be really fun to be this chain-smoking womanizer, making all these like crazy dances. Should you decide to focus on one dance, only one, uh, which one would it be? It can be flamenco, jazz, folklore, uh, classical, one dance. I don't know if it would be one type of dance mm -hmm. or if it would just be one one perfect solo and I get be like Pina Bausch's solo her first solo just to be able to perform that perfectly 
Thank you, Kate. Um, I just have a, a last question. Is it your first time that you will um, see an opening gala in the Paris Opera House? It is the first time I will see an opening gala, and I'm very excited. Okay, and what are your expectations? I mean, there's always something magical when you go to an opera house. Um, I don't think there's any expectations. I think it's just pure excitement. It's There's something inside of me when... Even when I'm performing in big opera houses, I did an opera with um, Robert Wilson and Philip Glass for a few years called Einstein on the Beach. And just walking into opera houses, there's something, these ghosts that are so powerful and just make it magical. And I think that when you come in for an opening performance, you see the excitement of the dancers. You feel, can feel everybody kind of on edge in this electricity and of course there's also that that thing of, of childhood of just being in this magnificent place with this magical spectacle happening so I think it's excitement Thank you Kate Mohan You're welcome and be rest <laughs> 355 355